When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Football in this time slot tomorrow. Eskimos and Bombers. 5 o'clock countdown to kickoff. Game starts at 6.30. And you can keep it on the 6.30 Chad Twitter account and on 6.30Chad.com for the latest from the Billy Moores Cup. That is at the downtown community rink as the Oilers will wrap up development camp with that annual game. It is uh, open to the public. First come, first serve for seating. I will definitely see you there. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Uh, again, we will have we will have a show Canada Day Monday, both Bob Stoffer from noon to two and uh, me from six to eight as we keep you updated on what's going on with NHL free agency. Uh, we I, we started talking about the uh, old video game Cubert in the last hour of the show, and I said, what did he do besides uh, hop around? Uh, somebody texting into 6.30, Cubert had to avoid snakes and baddies climbing up the pyramid. So I guess there were some things that could uh, injure Cubert as he uh, did his hopping around. So there we go. I have, uh, I have learned something tonight. Uh, Reed Wilkins with you at 6.30, Chet. I am pleased to uh, welcome back to the show a man who's going to be in Edmonton in a couple of weeks, former Major League catcher, the one and only Greg Zahn. Greg, you're on with Reed. Great to talk to you again. How's life? Oh, life's good. I'm having a great time uh, in my new endeavors. Uh, I am now a full-time baseball coach. Uh, been uh, teaching kids since I opened my baseball academy uh, last October. Uh, we are I just announced uh, the formation of uh, the Don Valley Dodgers here in the in the Greater Toronto area. My elite team program um, in the process of putting together uh, rather rather ambitious project to try to bring some really great tournament showcase play to Canada uh, and uh, you know going to be traveling around the country doing some uh, baseball camps trying to trying to grow the game and trying to give people an opportunity to uh, to learn how to train like a pro the Greg's on pro baseball camp will be at Legion Memorial Park in St. Albert it's presented by our, our friends at 5-2 Fieldhouse with uh, former pitcher Mike Johnson leading the way it's July 9th to 11th the kids will be on the field from uh, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. they can just give Greg's on pro baseball camp a Google to find out how to get involved so it's coming up uh, in a couple of weeks what 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 age group are you aiming this uh, at, at Greg uh, who, who what kind of kids are going to be coming out here well, I, last time I checked, it was you know kids from you know ten to fourteen. But you know what? If you got an eight-year-old, sign them up. Uh, we'll 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 figure out a way to get them involved. Uh, to me, I don't really care. I I teach kids from from five to eighteen, and and literally, it doesn't change. You, you just love to see the light bulb come on when the kids finally get the mechanics, when they square a ball up, when they throw strikes. Um, I really you know don't. Uh, worry about how old they are if, they, if they're physically active and, and they're able to, to execute the, the, the techniques we we, we teach them um, and i know uh, mike johnson's done a fantastic job there in the edmonton area at five tool field house it's one of the reasons why i reached out to him and said hey uh, how are things going out there can we collaborate i'd love to come to edmonton 
I haven't been back to Edmonton since the Grey Cup uh, 2010. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's been a while since I've been there. It's one of my favorite places in Canada. And uh, I just wanted to come out there and kind of, um, you know, spread the word. Get get the game out there. You know, there's a lot of great coaches in the country doing some great things. But I feel like, you know, with my experience, uh, both on and off the field, as far as, you know, the baseball game goes, there's a lot to offer. And, and I want to coach uh, kids and coaches try to try to give everybody a chance to to advance in the game of baseball and softball here in Canada. Well, that's great. You're doing that. And and look, Greg, I mean, you know the sports Canadians excel at uh, hockey, leading the way, curling a lot of the winter sports. We're we're coming along in a lot of other games, but I know a lot of people have told me that it's a, a lack of high level coaching and experienced coaches that have sometimes held Canada back in other sports. So the fact that a, a former big leaguer uh, like you, uh, I think close to 1,300 games when all was said and done, is, is getting out there on the road and, and, and doing this uh, is great because you need that high-level instruction. Now, when you're when you're dealing with kids who obviously, you know, some of them are learning the sport or maybe trying to hit the next level, what kind, what kind of things do you focus on? Will you say, okay, we, we, you want to get from A to G, but I'm going to take you from A to B first, or, or how do you approach dealing with young players? 100%. We, I, I like to go baby steps. Um, you know, for instance, I, there's a, a little game that I call baseball patty cake, and I do it with my catchers where I take their mitts away from them. And we simply learn how to use our hands. Uh, we simply understand the way our bodies move and the safe and efficient way to catch a baseball, hit a baseball, throw a baseball. I'm a big believer in not taking anything for granted with regards to teaching the game. Every single player, no matter what age group, no matter what skill level they have, has to prove to me that they can do part a before we even think about b or c or d and that's the way i teach and it's it makes it easier for the kids to achieve a sense of a sense of accomplishment if i try to jump them from a to g there's going to be something missed, and i might be able to take one kid in 10 right to there but i don't like to do it that way i want to make sure that every single day every single time that we get together as coach and player that they walk away from the experience with some sort of sense of accomplishment. They feel like they've made a small victory. And that's a huge, huge part of my process. And it's one of those things that, that I believe in very strongly. I'm a point A to point B kind of guy. I don't like to, to, to teach advanced metrics or any sort of techniques to you know amateur players. We go efficiently and safely from point A to point B, and we build upon that. I, I, I like it what I do with kids, and I say it right to them. Every single time we do it right, we put another brick on the wall. Every time we do it imperfectly, we got to strip one down. And I talk to them about visualizing we are building a wall. We are building the foundation of your game, and you're going to be able to build upon each level that you're accomplishing and eventually it becomes muscle memory, eventually it becomes a reaction, and that's what we need as baseball players because it happens so quickly. Yeah, that, that's a great way to put it. I love, I love that that visual of putting another brick in the wall. I think that's a great way for, for kids to think about it. Greg Zahn joining us on Inside Sports, uh, former big league catcher. Of course, you remember him for his uh, 535 games uh, with the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, well, what, from 04 to 09, I guess you were there. I, Greg, we, we've done a few of these interviews over the years. I, I don't know if I ever asked you this question. 
who who helped you build that wall as a young man? I mean, I think you you grew up in California, so I imagine like literally millions of kids playing baseball, and 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 you got noticed and eventually became a big leaguer. Uh, where'd the wall start getting built for you? Oh, it started right away. I, my uncle Rick played 24 years in the big leagues, won the World Series MVP in 1983. He caught, I think he's number 10 all time on games caught list in the history of Major League Baseball. Uh, clearly has the bragging rights in our family. He's been to three World Series, won two of them. This is Rick, uh, but Rick Dempsey, I'm assuming? Rick, Rick Dempsey, yes. Yeah. I, but, but believe it or not, it was his younger brother, uh, Pat, who played, I think, 11 years in the minor leagues, who was the most influential on my career. He was only 15 years young or, or older than me. He lived with me, my mom, and my grandma at different parts, part, parts of his life. And at one point when I was 15... He actually took me to Toledo, Ohio, to become the team's official bullpen catcher. I traveled with the AAA team. Uh, I got to pretty much do everything that they did except play in the game. I took batting practice every day. It was a it was a life altering experience for me. And when I came back to California after that year, uh, you know my game was at a totally different level than the kids that were at my age. Even though I was quite a bit smaller than most of them, I just had been exposed to the game being played at such a high level and coached at such a high level and rubbed off. And so that's one of the things that, that drives me. I was able to advance my game because it was passed along to me by somebody with a lot of great experience at a high level. And you hit the nail on the head. Uh, the, the difference between Canadian swing sport athletes, baseball, softball, it's a lack of elite level coaching there's a lot of great coaches in this country that are doing good things but the difference between uh you know the kids here and the kids down south is how often and how much exposure they have to that great coaching and then of course weather and training facilities Uh, my goal as an instructor and as an entrepreneur is to bring high level facilities to canada where the kids can train 12 months a year and also give the guys who are you know ex-canadian for the canadian ex-professional baseball players a platform to come home and make a living and stay in the game coaching and passing the game along uh, that they have not had before Greg Zahn and the Greg Zahn Pro Baseball Camp coming to Edmonton July 9th to 11th. It's presented by 5-2 Fieldhouse. Uh, it's going to be at the uh, Legion Memorial Park in St. Albert. So give the uh, Greg Zahn Pro Baseball Camp a look up uh, on the old internet and uh, find out how you can sign up and, and meet Greg and get instructed by him and Mike Johnson, who's been on this show several times. Uh, Greg, uh, I mean, you're, 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 you're such a great storyteller, so I, 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 I got uh, I, I to gotta get to some other things as well. I'm going to have some fun here with... With this next one you you heard me talking about uh, video games off the top because it's one of the random topics that come up on this show um did you ever look at your ratings or play as yourself in a video game whether it was the ea games or the show games <laughs> that have come out out of because i know some players will do that and they they might be offended if they're not rated where they think they should be <laughs> um no i never i was never a gamer i have I have bludgeoning tools for thumbs. There's no dexterity in them whatsoever. Both of them have been broken multiple times. So literally, like, I have a better chance of gouging someone's eye out with the thumb rather than being able to push a video game button. There's no chance. But I did hear some of my gamer friends talking about how they used to love to pinch hit with me in the video games. 
and I always hit bombs. <laughs> That's great. So I was like, man, this, this my video game character is a way better player than I am in real life. <laughs> you, had, you had a skill that that wasn't that wasn't there in real life. Well, that's not bad. But the thing no. is, then then if you pinch hit in a video game, people would be like, all right, Zon's gonna homer. And then if you didn't, you were a bum, right? <laughs> oh, they flat out knew it. I mean, I had a couple of good moments as pinch hitters, a, a, a couple of grand slams and whatnot. But you know what? Uh, I love I love the fantasy aspect of, of these video games and the way they they way they relate uh, fans to the game these days because you know not everybody plays at a high level not everybody plays but baseball is such a great game it, it can be related on so many different levels statistically electronically and I think that's one of the great things about modern day technology it really it really uh, relates the game to uh, a, a lot of different people from different walks of life because it's, it's a it's a really great game to watch and understand and enjoy if you can kind of you know dive into the nuances uh one more for you I, I i don't know if you got your citizenship or have dual citizenship but like i i hope you're I hope you don't think this is weird, but I like kind of consider you a Canadian now. And we we did interviews in the past about how you love the Grey Cup. So what's what's been on on your radar? Like start of the CFL, uh, Raptors winning. I mean, it's tough for the Blue Jays, so maybe we won't go there. But Stanley Cup playoffs were good, even though the Canadian teams didn't go deep. What do you what have you been uh, taken by lately? Well, obviously, I'm getting ready for the start of the CFL season. I, I am still, even though I haven't been to the Grey Cup in the last couple of years. I went nine straight years. Uh, with Jamie Campbell, and uh, obviously we, we had an absolute blast when we were in Edmonton the last time. Um, yeah, former former father-in-law had played for the Eskies back in the day, um, so you know I'm I'm looking forward to it. I just love I love the, the the camaraderie of the fans, and and I love I love the fact that everybody you know shows up and, and really gets behind their their teams, and of course the Grey Cup experience for me was inclusive versus the Super Bowl where you, even if you're a celebrity sometimes you're you're waiting in lines. I remember my first trip to the Grey Cup in Calgary. The, we were standing at the line at the Spirit of Edmonton party and the bouncer is he's engaging Jamie Campbell and I. He's talking to us. He's happy to see us and I'm like oh yeah we're in and I'm staring at this line and it's around the corner and there's people handing me beers and whatnot. Everybody wants to talk and then just when we get to done to finish our conversation, I was like, okay, well, uh, it's really been nice talking to you. And I said, well, so how do we get in? He goes, back of the lines over there, Zon. And I was like, I love this place. Absolutely love this place. So that, there's my, there was my baptism in the Grey Cup. And then, of course, you know, we go to Edmonton the next year and we're staying. It was either the Sheridan or the West End. And we're, Campbell and I are in the presidential suite. And we've got this big, you know, sweet party. All of our friends from the network are there. And that's, um, we run into some great CFL fans at the Spirit of Edmonton party, of course, every year. And so we, we bring them all back to our hotel room. And I, I will never forget this. We're in the presidential suite, and we've got 40 people in our hotel suite doing jumping jacks at 4 o'clock in the morning just to make sure nobody, you know, passes out or has, you know, too much fun without a little bit of exercise. But we made sure we kept it we kept it fresh. And I won't ever forget that. That's, that's some of the funnest, funnest nights of my life in Edmonton at the Great Cup. Who, sorry, sorry, who's your ex-father-in-law who was an Eskimo? A guy named Jim Siebert. I think okay. he played for the Eskimos for a blip, probably back in either the late 60s 
or early 70s. Oh, amazing. Uh, but, yeah, Jim Siebert was his name, T-H-I-B-E-R-T. All right, Greg, I, I wish we had more time. I'll have to come out and try to do something with you uh, in St. Albert after one of the sessions if you got five or ten minutes because I, I love your storytelling. I love having you on the show. Remember, folks, the Greg's on Pro Baseball Camp presented by Five Tool Fieldhouse. It's July 9th to 11th. Uh, just Google Greg's on Pro Baseball Camp and, and you'll get all the uh, info you need. Greg, awesome to have you on the show again, buddy. Take care. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. That is Greg's on. We're back after the break. Greg's on. Excellent to have him on the show again. Coming to St. Albert with his pro baseball camp July 9th to 11th. Uh, thanks to Mike Johnson from Five Tool Fieldhouse for uh, hooking us up with Zahn. Uh, we've had Mike on the show uh, several times, pitch for the Expos. Hey, you know, Did you see that story, Kellen? The, the Expos might, or I guess what, Tampa Bay would play some of their games in Montreal? Right, yeah. You, you're you're looking at it right now. Well, after, we should try to do uh, something on that. In the days to come, absolutely, That'd yeah, be interesting. Could be a huge development in coming years for baseball fans in Canada. The Expos they they occupy a very interesting place in the hearts of Canadians, especially of a certain vintage like me. I realize there's a generation of fans who are like, "What? There's a team in Montreal," um, but they were the Blue Jays won two World Series, but the Expos were. I mean, they'd been around longer, so they got better sooner. But, you know, when the Blue Jays were still relatively new and struggling, the Expos were, were really good. E- even before I remember, I mean, late 70s, they were within a game or two of uh, winning the division two years in a row. And then the the Pirates one year and the Phillies next year went on to win the World Series. Uh, they got into the playoffs in 81, lost on the Blue Monday home run. And, and, but there's that great book by Jonah Carey, Up, Up, and Away, about the history of the Expos. And basically their entire history is being relatively competitive, even though they would always develop players and then have to basically trade them or sell them off. You know, Gary Carter being one of them, and then we know what happened to the to the 94 team. So anyway, I think they'd have a pretty good following if they ever come back. You can text 630-630. Uh, the Blue Jays lost earlier today, 8-7 to the Yankees. FC Edmonton in action tonight over at Clark against uh, Forge FC from uh, Hamilton. Bit of a delay there because of the weather. They're now about uh, six minutes into the game. No score to tell you about. Rowan Barrett is the GM of the Canadians men's basketball team. His kid was just drafted by the Knicks. He's in the next half hour. minutes or so we will have Rowan Barrett on the show he's the GM of the Canadian men's 
basketball team. Man, basketball hot in this country right now. Raptors win the title. Nick Nurse, the Raptors coach, is going to coach the uh, Canadian men's team. And Rowan Barrett's son, RJ, one of six Canadians drafted last week in the NBA draft. He went third overall to the New York Knickerbockers. So we, we will have a lot to talk about with him. You can text uh, 63630. Uh, this individual says, uh, hey, read a quick Eskimos question on the O-line. Where are Justin Sorensen and Travis Bond? Well, Justin Sorensen is not officially retired, but he doesn't have a team. I don't know if he's, uh, he's going to play anymore. And Travis Bond will play tomorrow. Kellen. Uh, Dave gave us that update earlier. Jacob yep. Ruby, who's been a left guard, and the O-line's been doing great. Ruby's a little banged up, so Travis Bond will come in and play, so they will go to uh, three American offensive linemen. You missed that interview with Dave, by the way. You can always get things on the Inside Sports podcast through uh, iTunes or on the uh, good old website, 630Ched.com. So a, a good question about the Esco- Eskimos O-line. It has been very, very good. The new Olympic sports... Uh, what do we got? We got. Uh, are they actually? They're not calling it break dancing. They're call it, calling it breaking. Breaking. Maybe breaking bad could be an Olympic sport. <laughs> you could have a lot of categories. So how fast you could drive the RV, the quality of your product. <laughs> that, might, that might not be very good. I mean, it's probably going to widen the debate about lying to your sports, family. Right? So, you know. <laughs> uh, all right. So we also have. Uh, surfing, skateboarding. I mean, oh, if you cool. can have snowboarding, you can certainly have skateboarding. Yeah. And sport climbing. And Jaylin was asking me about sport climbing. It's got a pretty extensive Wikipedia page. That's how I get all my information because nothing on the internet is ever inaccurate. That's correct. Okay, so sport climbing has three different disciplines, lead climbing, speed climbing, and bouldering. And it says that bouldering is considered to be the most demanding of the three disciplines in terms of strength, coordination, and agility. And uh, I believe it's, uh, yeah, it, it takes place on artificial structures, not on natural rock surfaces. Right. That's what the page says. Okay. So it's some sort of, I, I guess, a rock climbing wall, basically. Mm-hmm. And you're, you are tested. As Have you ever done climber. rock climbing, Reed, or? No, I don't. It doesn't interest me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I don't, if other people want to do it. I, I, have you done it? Yes, uh, back in Scouts. It was actually a way back in the day, back the requirements scouts. for a badge. There was a rock climbing badge in Scouts. And, and how long ago was this? Uh, 15, 20 years ago, something like and that. And did you do it on an artificial surface, or yeah. were you on yeah. a vertical outdoor climb? Nope, this was... Uh, all indoors right when the rock climbing I don't want to say fad but the rock climbing craze I guess started uh, there were centers all around Edmonton and that stuff that you could go and you could still probably go and do it and, and rock climb right so and did you get your badge yes <laughs> it's tough Good. like your upper body and that stuff if you're not used to it oh you're hurting for days well after. no I, I'm sure it's very difficult it's just it's, it's there are a lot of things that I look at and I realize are difficult or challenging that other people get a, a kick out of or get recreation out of or get a thrill out of and I just think it's not for me mm. and it's not because I think I like I definitely know it's difficult and I probably couldn't do it very well or at all it's like uh, it's like uh, it's like skydiving and stuff like that. I've I have no interest in jumping out of a plane, even if I'm wearing a parachute. I was shocked that you're not a huge camper. That you're not into like tent camping and backwoods camping. No, we stuff. as I said, we have evolved as human beings to live indoors, with amenities like running water and beds. 
So what am I proving? Oh, I could have been a caveman. No, I don't need to be a caveman. We're past that. Hmm. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, John says uh, on the text line, Reed, I figured it out the ultimate Olympic sport staring contest. But then you'd have people injecting steroids into their eyelids so they have more muscles and they'd stay open longer. There's, there's always, there always would be something. Uh, well, the thing about the Olympics is they usually add these sports to the Summer Olympics because the Summer Olympics has like thousands of medals gets given out, get given out. Now, there's more in the Winter Olympics now because they've added some of the quote-unquote extreme sports like snowboarding and the the different ski stuff, the moguls and the, and the snow cross and the ski cross, actual racing. I think those are great events to watch. Absolutely. I, I really think those are great events to watch. Of the ones that they've talked about adding here, breaking does not sound like something I would watch. No. Now, have I really seen it in my life? Not not competitively, but it doesn't sound like something I would watch on, on the TV. The, the sport climbing, honestly, I would check it out. Mm-hmm. Because I imagine you're going to see some strength and athleticism and agility on, on display. Uh, the skateboarding, I would probably watch because I imagine it would be extremely difficult and very visual and would have sort of that bit, a little bit of danger thrill to it. It would like be on some of the snowboarding. Pipe, yeah. I, I would think, and may, well, maybe they do the things where they go down the rails and race yep, and all that kind of too. stuff. Uh, and then what's the other one? Uh, surfing. Surfing, I would, I would not, I would not watch. I mean, if people said you got to check it out, I, I would watch it. But just as something that sounds appealing to watch, I, I wouldn't watch it. Wasn't surfing big in, like, the 1960s or something like that? Like, they had, like, network <laughs> specials on that's, it. And that's well, like... that's when the surfboard was invented. Right. That and the hula hoop. <laughs> I, I really people hope people don't listen to the show for educational purposes, <laughs> especially when it comes to history. Uh Actually, uh, 90% of everything was invented in the 60s. There's right. your, there's your uh, fact of the day. All right, here's what I want to tell you. The Eskimos play the Bombers tomorrow. We have the game for you right here on 6.30, Chad. The countdown to kickoff will start at 5. The game will start at 6.30. Morley and Dave will have the call. You'll hear from Blake Dermott as well. The Eskimos are 2-0. and The Bombers are coming in at 1-0. and uh, Keep it on our, uh, our website and our Twitter account, 6.30 Chad. I'll be giving you updates from the Billy Moore's Cup as the Oilers wrap up their uh, development camp. Very special guest coming up. Rowan Barrett is the general manager of the Canadian men's basketball team. Richard writing into the text line. He says they should stop adding sports. He also goes on to say it's too expensive for most countries to host the Olympics. One of the great things about the Olympics is different countries getting to host, but it seems to be the same four or five places all the time because they are the only countries who can afford it, and that is not very good. That is Richard writing in to 630-630. Eskimos tomorrow taking on a very good Bombers team on defense. They have Adam Bighill, who's been an excellent middle linebacker with BC and now the Bombers, and Willie Jefferson, defensive end, added by the Bombers through free agency. I think he was the best player in the league last season. An Eskimos quarterback, Trevor Harris, knows Jefferson 
is a tough one. He's one of those guys where he's capable of so much, and if you let him get going, it can be a, it can be a long night. As he actually did here last year against Winnipeg, um, he can he can do a lot of damage. So uh, really, the goal here is just to make sure that we're giving them different looks, and uh, obviously know where him, know where Big Hill are, know where their playmakers are, and uh, knowing what they're in, and just executing our offense and trusting the system. All right, that's going to be a fun one to watch tomorrow, 5 o'clock for uh, the beginning of our coverage, and the game will start at 6.30. FC Edmonton has the lead in their match tonight over at Clark, a Canadian Premier League game against Forge FC from Hamilton. They're about 20 minutes into the first half. The game was delayed a little bit because of, obviously, the stormy weather that uh, passed through here. FC Edmonton up 1-0, now coming up on the halfway point of the first half half. Uh, tomorrow, Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2. I'll be back with Inside Sports from 6 to 8 on Friday. We'll uh, continue to keep you updated on the latest stories and rumors surrounding the Edmonton Oilers as we roll into free agency. We were talking about free agent goaltenders uh, earlier. Peter Morazic and Mike Smith, two names linked to the Oilers in terms of being uh, involved in the interview process leading up to free agency on Monday. Morazic, decent season last year for Carolina. 23-14-3 with a 9-14 save percentage. And remember, he was originally drafted by Ken Holland, who was then GM of the Detroit Red Wings, taking 141st 41st overall in 2010. I would think he would be the, uh, the leading candidate, at least, to be signed by the Oilers. All right, we're going to go back to our phone line here. Very special guest standing by. He is the general manager of the Canadian men's basketball team. Please welcome to the show Rowan Barrett. Rowan, how are you doing? Uh, thanks. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me here, Reed. Well, it's great to have you on the show, man. There is a lot to talk about. I think I'm going to start, though, by asking the, the dad a question, not the basketball executive. Uh, you, you saw your son, RJ, get uh, drafted third overall in the NBA draft. Uh, simple question. How did you feel? You know, I think I felt like any parent feels when, you know, you, you see your, 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 your child you know, accomplishing goals, right? What do you want for your children? You want them to make some goals, right? Be about something that's really positive and then find a way to positively contribute, you know, in the society. And kind of all those things kind of came, you know, true at once uh, at that moment. And, you know, all the sacrifice uh, uh, on his part and on the family's part kind of all culminating in that moment was uh, very, very powerful, very powerful for our family, a, a night we will not soon forget. Pretty incredible stuff. Uh, you know, you, you were a pretty good basketball player in your own right. I, I've asked this of other parents who have excelled as a sport at a sport and then seen their, their son or daughter go into that same port, uh, sport. You know, obviously you want to encourage your child and, and let him make his own way. But what was it like being a basketball dad? Like, did you ever, okay, I, I got to back off or I got to make sure he's doing what he wants, not what I want? Like, did you ever have that sort of inner, inner dialogue? No, it's a great question. You know, I think one, one big thing is I, I read, I took the time to, to read um, up on this and, and, and you know, this, see the stories of how, you know, this ends well and how it, it ends poorly. And, and I think one of the things I learned, you know, very quickly was it ends very poorly when the parent, is on top, sitting on top of the kid's shoulders, you know, pushing him and pushing him. It, it can really end badly. You can lose your relationship with your child. Um, and then the worst thing is, you know, also on top of that, even, you know, I mean, the worst thing is losing the relationship. But then additionally, the child can lose their love for all sports, right? Because they, 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 they equate it with a, a bad experience, you know, with, with the family. And so uh, I, I was really adamant about RJ creating his own goals. 
and uh, his own desire to play and, and, and what he wanted to achieve. And then I, I, I was able to bring in people that I trusted that I believe could help do the job to push and drive that. And so, uh, uh, you know, this was RJ's journey. Um, I obviously helped him and guided him and just continued to help him focus on, is this action leading you towards your goals or away from your goals, right? And let him make the choice so he could be responsible, be accountable for it. And uh, clearly, clearly it's paid off, uh, you, know, you know, so far. When did you first really sense it with RJ that he might be able to play at a high level, NCAA, NBA, national team, or or whatever? Was there a, a point or maybe a, a period in his career where you were like, mm, okay, I, th- I, I think I got to admit my kid might have something special here? Probably around 11 or 12, you know, just that, that, that transitioning that summer, he was born in June. Uh, at some point in that summer, you know, that's when he made his goals, right? Like, I want to be an NBA champion. I want to be, you know, I, I had no clue all this stuff was in him. It just came pouring out of him. Um, and so we, you know, we went out and got a vision board and had him write it. NBA champion, you know, NBA all-star, you know, Hall of Fame. And we just started writing 19, 18, 17, all the way down to his current age of all the things he was going to need to achieve in order to get there. And uh, when I saw him, my first, he always had the talent. He was always long and he could dribble the ball. He could do all these things. Um, but when I started to see the mental component, you know, in there where he wanted to do this and he wanted to get up early, and I challenged him, son, this is, this is going to be 7 o'clock in the morning before school. It's going to be 5.30, you're awake. Like, are you sure this is what you want to do? You know, are you sure? Because this is what it takes. That I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, Dad. Like, okay, well, let's see. And when I saw that he never wavered from that, um, that was a big, that was one big marker for me. And then secondly, when I saw his competitive spirit, now chasing down his goals and how he got after kids on the floor and put them on the floor. I said, that kid's supposed to be the best kid in your age, you know? You know, these goals that you have, son, on this board, there he is. Go get him, right? And, I mean, my goodness, you know, he would turn into this uh, competitive monster, you know, on the floor and just completely try to try to strip down and take every, you know, ability from the, from the opponent. Um, you know, when I saw those two things working together with his talent, I said, okay, we've got something here. And I think uh, within a year at 13, they had him the number one, you know, uh, in the U.S. at 13 years old. Okay, so here's the question, Rowett. When was the last time you played a game of one-on-one against RJ, and who won? <laughs> okay, I, so I'm currently retired, okay? Uh, <laughs> I no longer play basketball. Um, you maybe shoot here and there. I'm, I'm good for a game of... Uh, shooting but um i think the last time we played he might have been maybe 14 or so and and dad won uh, that time again so dad still holds the crown uh you know but uh, we haven't played in, in quite a bit and he's woofing by the way like he wants that he wants that match right he took enough losses from dad uh he wants that match but uh outside of a shooting competition i don't think it's gonna happen anymore. <laughs> well you got the wisdom you know when it's time to step away right when you got that last win <laughs> under your belt uh, Rowan Barrett joining us on Inside Sports tonight, the uh, the GM of the uh, Canadian basketball team, and a, a good transition. I mean, RJ gets drafted. Six Canadians get drafted in the NBA draft, uh, joining 13 players already in the league. Pretty incredible numbers. Let me ask you this because it's been a discussion on my show where this really started for this wave of Canadians, many of them in their late teens and early 20s um, going pro. Is this the Vince Carter effect? Is this the, the Steve Nash effect? Can you, can you sum it up, Rowan? You know, I, I, think, I think you're starting to more see now the Steve Nash effect of this, and, and I think you're also starting to see 
our can our own Canadian players and their effect, right? Because now you have kids getting drafted into the NBA that were watching Anthony Bennett go number one, watching you know Andrew Wiggins go number one, and our players now saying not only can we get drafted, but we could be the best. Like why not us? Right, and then now you started seeing over these past several years, you started seeing our players not only going to college in the states, but dominating those leagues and winning Player of the Year in the conference, and you know pulling their teams and all that. And and so you know I, I do think that there's an effect that our Canadian players, when you are walking the same road, when you are in the same schools, in the same clubs, right, playing on the same provincial teams and national teams, right, as as current players in the NBA. Why would you not think that I can do it, right? And so any kind of psychological barrier that was there has been removed, one. And then secondly, anytime you have a 60-player draft into the most exclusive sporting club in the world, okay, and 10% of the draft comes from Canada, not to mention another player of seventh that signed a contract with OKC, not to mention another three that are going to be on NBA rosters this summer, in the, in the summer, there could potentially be 10 more Canadians in the NBA in, in, in October. Like, th- this doesn't happen by accident, guys. We, 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 we were planning, right? We, we put programs together, junior academy, seventh, eighth grade. Some of these players like Ignis Bazikis, I remember finding him at 10 years old. He came to my camp at 8, right? Simi Solashitu that was in the draft. RJ. All these guys, we had them in the gym at 10 years old, training skill putting them in the junior academy at 12, working, decision-making, ball handling, skill development, strength, uh, nutrition, right? Responsible use of social media, interviewing skills. This is not by accident, right? You're always going to have a few kids, one or two that pops up, right? But when you start seeing the depth in numbers, uh, you know that there has to be something systematic here together with all the clubs across the country that are working, all our coaches that just continue getting better and better, sacrificing their time, the provincial service organizations, you know, our national teams, just kind of all together helping to build build these athletes. And you're kind of seeing a mixture of all of these things coming together to create this one beautiful stew that now somehow all, has all our players going into the NBA. Yeah, a great answer. Love that perspective, Rowan. And, and of course, you know, the Raptors winning obviously uh, makes people believe and, and gets a, a whole new group of fans interested in the sport as well, which is which is awesome. And of course, Nick Nurse. I mean, you get you get an NBA coach uh, stepping up to coach the the, the Canadian uh, national team. Is just tell me about getting Nick on board for for that commitment. Look, I, I think that anytime you see a coach like this that's just accomplished what he did. And then right away, he's jumping right back in, you know? I think it tells you a lot about his character. Um, you know, here's somebody that's not resting on any laurels. This is somebody that's saying, I want to get better now. Like, this is going to be also a professional development opportunity. I'm going to play against some great coaches and have to coach some great players. Um, you know, I want this. I want this experience. I think it tells a lot about him just constantly searching for greatness. And I think as Canadians right now, you know, we, we, we've accepted – Nick Nurse now is an honorary Canadian, right? With what he's done and the character that he's displayed, um, you know, I think the Canadians feel very, very comfortable with him uh, at the helm. And so, uh, you know, now it's the time to start really getting active with the players, uh, building out our staff, and, uh, and here we go. Rowan, the Canadian Elite Basketball League is in its first season. We have a team here in Edmonton, the Stingers. Uh, Jordan Baker is, is on the team, who was a great U of A player. 
and uh, there, there's a lot of guys who were exceptional U sports uh, athletes. So, look, I, I know it's not the NBA, but how do you see a league like the CEBL uh, helping Canadian talent and players? First of all, I remember Jordan Baker. I love that kid. I mean, you talk about physically coming into the game, tough as nails, right? This kind of guy. And uh, I think it's a great thing for him to be back home, you know, in his environment, playing at home where his community can see that. I mean, first of all, just from a community building perspective, does it get better than that? You know, like this is phenomenal. Um, and then I think, yes, I think that there's professional leagues all over the world that are going to be plucking players from this league. I think it, it's something that can inspire young kids. Like not everybody can get to a Raptor game, you know? Not everybody can watch their national team play, you know, up close, live and personal. But, you know, you can go out to the local, you know, arena, right, and see, you know, kids, some of them coming right from your own community, right? Um, I, I think that's sometimes easier to touch, you know, as a young kid and, and, and definitely would be inspiring. So, you know, I have great, great feelings about that league and, and about what it means for our players uh, that are growing and developing, the ones that maybe want to stay home. You know, maybe they maybe they're working in insurance. You know, maybe they're working in insurance or something, and they're you know they're still playing on the side. And you know, I, I just think these things are, are great for our game. Just great for our game. Well, Rowan, it's great to talk to you. Thanks for for kind of give us a, an overview of some of the things uh, you've experienced recently, and, and Canada basketball has has experienced. It's a pretty exciting time. I hope we can do this again soon. I really appreciate you making time for us on six thirty, Chad. Absolutely, no problem. No problem. Talk again soon. Thank you. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.